Letter ten of Letters on England by Voltaire, edited by Henry Morley. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Cheyenne Arrowsmith. Letters on England by Voltaire. Letter ten on trade. As trade enriched the citizens in England, so it contributed to their freedom, and this freedom on the other side extended their commerce, whence arose the grandeur of the state. Trade raised by insensible degrees the naval power, which gives the English a superiority over the seas, and they now are masters of very near two hundred ships of war posterity will very probably be surprised to hear that an island whose only produce is a little lead tin fuller's earth and coarse wool would become so powerful by its commerce as to be able to send in seventeen twenty three three fleets at the same time to three different and far distanced parts of the globe one before gibraltar conquered and still possessed by the english a second to portbello to dispossess the king of spain of the treasures of the west indies and a third into the baltic to prevent the northern powers from coming to an engagement at a time when louis the fourteenth made all italy tremble and that his armies which had already possessed themselves of savoy and piedmont were upon the point of taking turin Prince Eugene was obliged to march from the middle of Germany in order to succor Savoy, having no money, without which cities cannot be either taken or defended. He addressed himself to some English merchants. These, at an hour and a half's warning, lent him five millions, whereby he was enabled to deliver Turin and to beat the French. After which he wrote the following short letter to the persons who had disbursed to him the above-mentioned sums. Gentlemen, I have received your money, and flatter myself that I have laid it out to your satisfaction. Such a circumstance as this raises a just pride in an English merchant, and makes him presume, not without some reason, to compare himself to a Roman citizen. And indeed, a peer's brother does not think traffic beneath him. When the Lord Townsend was Minister of State, a brother of his was content to be a city merchant, and at the time that the Earl of Oxford governed Great Britain, a younger brother was no more than a factor in Aleppo, where he chose to live and where he died. This custom, which begins, however, to be laid aside, appears monstrous to Germans, vainly puffed up with their extraction these think it morally impossible that the son of an english peer should be no more than a rich and powerful citizen for all are princes in germany there have been thirty highnesses of the same name and whose patrimony consisted only in their escutcheons and their pride in france the title of marquis is given gratis to any one who will accept of it and whosoever arrives at paris from the midst of the most remote provinces with money in his purse and a name terminating in 
Arse or ill may strut about and cry, Such a man as I, a man of my rank and figure, and may look down upon a trader with sovereign contempt, while is the trader on the other side, by thus often hearing his profession treated so disdainfully, is fool enough to blush at it. However, I need not say which is most useful to a nation, a lord, powered in the tip of the mould, who knows exactly at what o'clock the king rises and goes to bed, and who gives himself airs of grandeur and state, at the same time that he is acting the slave in the antechamber of a prime minister, or a merchant who enriches his country, dispatches orders from his counting-house to Sukha and Grand Cairo, and contributes to the well-being of the world. End of letter 10 Recording by Cheyenne Arrowsmith